Welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer and author and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you. Hi there, and welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I am your host today, Carolee Fontanelli. I am the Director of Collective Family Law. Today, I am prompted to talk to you about a common myth that goes around town um, because over the weekend, I was on a Facebook group and a question popped up, and then everyone gave all of their opinions, and it was so incorrect And people were trying to give all this different advice. And it's so wrong that I had to pop on here and set the record straight because I know it is a real, real common thought. Now, the the issue was, was that it was a new partnership where they had just moved in together and they're all happy and enjoying, you know, probably enjoying the little love bubble. He owned a property that was nearly paid off and she owned a property that was nearly paid off. Obviously, they've both done really well. It doesn't matter whether the properties are paid off or not. Um, This could apply to anyone who is having a partner who's moving in to their property, whether or not it's got a mortgage on it. So you've got this partner that's moved in and there was a thread of advice saying that if you just get them to pay rent into your account and you get them to sign a document or a note or whatever it might be that they are contributing to the rent, that that will protect you. Now, this is the the furthest from the truth that you could get. Signing those types of documents or getting someone to say or, or, you know, that they're paying rent is not going to protect you in any family law proceedings. So let's fast forward now five years. Let's say these parties have had a great five years together and then they decide to part and go their separate ways. Now, because the parties have lived together for five years and it doesn't matter who has brought what to the relationship at this stage, what our law says is that all the assets of the relationship are part of the property pool. And so it doesn't matter whose name the property is in or how people have been paying for it, whether it's that one person's been paying the mortgage and one person's been paying rent, or maybe there's been no payment made or anything like that. What it means is that you are now subject to what the Family Law Act prescribes. The Family Law Act does not prescribe that if you are paying rent that you don't have to do a property settlement or that they aren't entitled to part of that property, for example. What it actually says is that all property, whether you've bought it in or they've bought it in, is now all part of the joint property pool. It doesn't matter whose name the property's in or where the property is located. And so what then happens is that you are now in a position where you thought you were protected because you had the other party paying rent or because you had them sign a document that you drafted offline or wherever it might be, where you have said, um, he's going to pay rent or she's going to pay rent. And if we part ways, um, the house is mine because I'm the one who's always paid the mortgage. So that's not the way that it works. So if you want to protect your property, 
The only way to do it during a relationship is with what's called a binding financial agreement. You might have heard of a prenuptial agreement. It's the same thing, but we call it a binding financial agreement. And we use binding financial agreements here in Australia before the relationship, during the relationship, and also after the relationship to finalize things. So if you really want to be protected and you want to make sure that if you've got a partner moving into your property, that down the track, if things go south, they can't make a claim, then you need to get a binding financial agreement. Now, one of the other things that I saw that people were talking about was that they think they can make a claim after six months. They think they can make a claim. No, it's three months. No, it's 12 months. The truth is, is that it's actually two years from cohabitation. You need to have lived together for two years. So that's why I gave the example previously of a five-year timeframe of the relationship. So after two years, they are entitled to make a claim. Now, that claim doesn't necessarily mean 50-50 or half. It is dependent on a range of things. And so if you go back and have a listen to a series that we did way back at the beginning of this podcast, which is all about the four-step process, that will explain it um, much better. But if you want to protect yourself moving forward, and you're having someone move into your property, make sure that you know where you stand in case things don't work out. And make sure that you're not under the false belief that if they're paying rent, that it protects you because it's not the case at all. The best thing to do if you are concerned is to get some legal advice so that you know where you stand so that you can make decisions based on that advice and not based on what everyone on Facebook in a Facebook group is saying because it's really important. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast and you can tune on into the next one, which will be uploaded in a week's time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.